Let's open up to John chapter 10 as we now enter into this chapter where uh, he's going to emphasize the fact that we are we are sheep and, and the Lord is our shepherd. And I was just thinking about something kind of funky right now as I was sitting there worshiping. I was thinking like, Lord, thank you that you don't call us cats, you know, because I was just thinking about for I remember when I had a cat and I was young, um, the cat would come in and the cat would just wander the neighborhood. And it was like almost like the cat was self-sustaining. I don't know how cats do it, you know, and uh, we're not called cats. We're called sheep. And man, let me tell you, sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. And we have this shepherd. Um, It's important for us to know who we are. We're the children of God. We're the you know, the bride of Christ, uh, we are the sheep of his hand. And the Bible mentions this many times. In Psalm 23, in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that means I'll never lack. Did you guys know that? You'll never lack. Uh, the Bible says, uh, I was once young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. I mean, you just put the Lord first, and he will always provide for you because the Lord is our shepherd. Psalm 95 and verse 6, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And so God has us right where he wants us. And let me tell you, he's going to take care of us. We're going to see how awesome that is as we go through our study today. This being his sheep, Psalm 100 and verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then Isaiah 40 and verse 11, it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And so let me ask you a question. Like The Lord is our shepherd. We're his sheep. He's leading us. Where is he leading you? Where is he leading you? Ultimately, where is he leading you? Heaven, right? One day. But along the way, we see that goodness and mercy, they follow us all the days of our life. He's leading us, uh, I believe, to a place where, you know, when we do what God wants us to do, we're going to be satisfied. We're going to be blessed. We're going to enjoy it. I'm not saying there's not going to be any hard times, but the life that God gives you, I mean, if you follow him, there ain't nothing better than what, and if you follow him. And so along the way, there's no greater place to be than on the road that leads to heaven. And your life, if you follow the Lord, it's going to bring him glory and honor, and it will bring good to people. I was talking to a brother after service, and it was just so cool to talk to him. He's been coming here. We saw him get saved, and just the amazing work that God's done. And now he's a a chief of police in in a city far away from here. And I was just like, wow, Lord, thank you that we have people that are out there in the front lines uh, and places of influence that are Christians because he's just trying to follow the Lord. And, And that's the key. And so we're sheep. And he's our shepherd. We have a couple of pictures here. Oh, yeah, you guys already saw that, huh? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool to see all those sheep just following uh, Jesus? That's supposed to be symbolic of Jesus. And then we have another one. It's a picture of me. I think the next one is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Cute, huh? No, I'm just joking. 
the Lord, you guys, he, he's our shepherd and he carries us when we, sometimes we can't go on and we feel like we're, we just can't make it. Uh, and yeah, yeah, we do feel that way sometimes, but he will carry us through those difficulties because of the fact that he is our shepherd. Now, if you're a Christian, you're a sheep. If you're not a Christian, then you, you, should, you should become one today, man. <laughs> you really should. Um, today's the day of salvation. Jesus died for you on a cross. He rose again. He did all the hard work. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can become a Christian, and you can become a sheep, and he will become your shepherd. Sheep and lambs are mentioned in the Bible more than 500 times, more than any other animal. And so the prominence of sheep in the Bible, they grow out of basically two realities. Number one, just how, uh, how saturated it was within the Jewish life. And then secondly, how symbolic it is. And just the reality of what we are. We are sheep. It's important for us to know who we are. We are sheep and he is our shepherd. It's very important because then we have this understanding of our life in a better way. And so the Bible clearly, repeatedly teaches that God is our shepherd and believers are his sheep. And so um, it's a blessed life. Now, as we get into chapter 10, it's important for us to remember the context of what's going on. Now, we're going to see in the church, not just in the building here, you guys, but in Christendom as a whole, you have some that people that, that they say they're Christians and they really are, and some people that say they're Christians and they're not, but they just say they are or they think they are. Some people who think they're shepherds and, and they're not, and some that are, you know, whatever, they have the position of pastor, priest, you name it, and they're not really shepherds. So some sheep are real, some sheep are not. Some preachers, pastors, or whatever, priests are real, some are not. That's in the church, or the church, uh, visible. And so the context is important because remember in the previous chapter, this guy that was blind, Jesus healed him. Think about how awesome that would be. Imagine how awesome it would be, huh? If someone you knew was blind got healed. Right, but what happened? You guys remember? The religious leaders got all ticked off. They got mad at him. Why? Because he healed the blind guy on the Sabbath day. How dumb. How 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 wicked, how evil. Right? And so the blind guy then just, you know, he took it. All I know is that once I was blind, now I see the one who healed me. He he's gotta be special. He's gotta be the Messiah, I mean, he just basically, you know, did the thinking, the reasoning, the way that, you know, anyone is supposed to. Isaiah 35, it said that when the Messiah comes, he would heal the blind. And so the guy's just, you know, putting two and two together. And so what ends up happening is they kick him out of the synagogue. They're like, How you're teaching us, you were born in your sins, and they kick them out of the temple. Next thing you know, he can't go to the church down the street because there is no church down the street. And so here's the guy thinking, well, I just got kicked out of God's house, and what hope do I have? And then Jesus comes, and basically, he basically tells the guy, listen, these, are, these people are not real. Those you know, Pharisees and chief priests and all those guys, they're not real. There are some that are real, some that aren't. Some of these people, even in the temple and in the synagogue and in the church, some are real and some aren't. You know, I remember, and I'll tell you guys a heartbreaking story. My uncle was molested by a clergyman. 
And so think about that. So you know what that did to him? And that's understandable. I mean, it's almost like understandable. He said, I'll never believe in God. Never believe in God. Because he didn't understand this, that that person, that clergyman, that priest who did that to him was not of God. And so that's what Jesus is trying to say right here as we go through this. Some sheep are real, some are not. Some shepherds are real, some are not. We have to know that. It's important for us to know that. Even some of you single girls here, you got to know that because some guy might come up to you and ask you out and you think, oh, he's a Christian. Why? Because he goes to church. Just because someone goes to church doesn't mean they're a Christian. You have to see some fruit. you got to make sure, right? And, of course, it goes both ways because there's wolves and there's wolvettes too, <laughs> right? It does. It goes both ways. And when you're listening to all these studies on the TV and the radio, whatever it is, you know, you have to test them. Are they really teaching the truth? See, this is so cool to know the Bible. Look what Jesus says here in John 10. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And so the Lord here, he describes the communal sheepfold. And this is where, let's just say you lived in the city. If you had, uh, you know, New York City and you had horses, you have to take them to a stable. They can't, there's no, you know, you live on this, you know, apartment. It's kind of like that. If you were in a walled city, um, it's different than if you're out there in the in the you know you know where there's plenty of pasture land. So if you have a flock, so you live in a walled city, they would bring your sheep to a communal uh, sheepfold, and there'd be multiple flocks there. And so you can actually see pictures of them online. The walls are maybe so high; they're you know usually uh, made out of stone, and so all the sheep are in there. And so he, Jesus says, if someone comes, look again in verse 1, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and, and a robber. And so if someone jumps the fence and goes in there where those sheep are, if they don't go in through the front door, Jesus says, then they are thieves and they are robbers. And so, you know, it's pretty simple to see. I remember a while back, uh, we were home and we heard some funky noises. Our dog, Chip, who had that sixth sense, he, he barked because he knew the bad guys were coming. Sure enough, they came up to the front door and they pretended like they were selling something. You know, my wife said, no, go away, basically. And then, you know, it wasn't much longer, but she saw the guys go across the street jumped the fence, and then, you know, she put two and two together. They went into the house at the back door, and they were in the process of robbing our neighbor, right? I mean, I mean, if you live there, if you're a good guy, you just go through the front door. You don't go jump a fence and go in the back door, right? The, that's what the Lord is saying right here. So thank God she called the police. The police came. There were tons of cars there, and they uh, they caught the, the bad guys. If Who knows what would happen if if maybe she didn't see that and then you know because there was an old older gentleman maybe he may have he may have been killed you know and so that's all jesus is saying right here that sometimes you got these guys and they they don't go in by the door these leaders they don't go in 
God didn't put them there. They jumped the fence. You know, when an individual has a calling of God on their life, I mean, the Lord is the one that just kind of puts them in there and they're the pastor or whatever. They're a leader, they're a teacher, they're a servant. God put them there. But sometimes the enemy will put people there and they'll jump the fence. And that's what the Lord is saying here, that they're thieves, they're robbers. I mean, you guys, you know, it's crazy the world that we live in. Did you know that some people will just go to seminary and they'll get their degree in theology and the next thing you know, you know, they so to them it's just a job. To them it's just a paycheck. To them it's just a vocation. And they're not really called by God. They don't really enter in through the door, so to speak. And so the Lord is talking about them. These guys that go in, you know, by jumping the fence, they don't go in through the front door. They're thieves. The Greek word there is the word kleptes, where we get our word kleptomaniac from. And uh, the Greek word translated robbers, it speaks of taking someone's property openly and violently. And so John Corson talks about how basically you'd have two guys working together. One guy would jump on the shoulder of another guy. They'd jump the fence, uh, grab a sheep, slit its throat, throw it over, four or five sheep, and they would, that's what would happen. And so they come in secretly. They come in deceptively. They come undercover. They're, they're false shepherds who make their way into the sheepfold in order to do whatever they can to lead people astray. And so you guys know that, right? You guys know that. Not everybody you listen to on the Christian channel, on television, is not right on. You guys know that? Same thing about radio or whatever, churches. You know, Paul warned about that in Acts 20, 29 and 30. He said, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and then also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. And so one guy, he was a, a, a Roman playwright in the old Latin period. His name is Plautus. And he said, where there are sheep, the wolves are never far away. And just as that's true, you know, in, in the physical realm, the same is true in the spiritual realm. God's doing a work here. God's doing a work in your heart. You're sheep. Um, you're loved. And so let me tell you, man, the wolves are, are going to do whatever they can to try to lead us astray. You know, these people, the, the Greek word, it means to rise up or climb up. It means to rise up. And so, again, just because a person rises up to a position doesn't mean that they were put there by God. And so we need to wise up, we need to have discernment, and we need to make sure that whatever they say, it measures up to the Bible. You know, remember, back in John's day, what we're going, what's going on right here, oh, you can't heal on the Sabbath day. That's not in the Bible. What are you talking about? Oh, you were born in your sins because you were born blind. You, you must have sinned in your mother's womb or your parents' sinned. What are you talking about? That's not in the Bible. So, so we can test these things, right? We have to, when we're listening to all these teachings and these guys say, hey, you're supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. You know, and if not, then you don't have enough faith. Well, that's not in the Bible. The Bible talks about how Jesus himself was poor, how Paul the apostle had some days where he was good and some days where it was financially a struggle. 
So for us, as we're listening to these things, and even in this church, you just never know. There might be someone come in that's weird. And you're like, I already know a couple. Well, (laughs) I will say this, though. The pastors will tell you the same thing. If there's ever a wolf, if there's ever someone that you know is weird, let us know. Because sometimes guys will come in. They say, hey, I can get a girl here. You know, she'll be a good girl, and I'll do whatever I want. And so we have to be aware of this, guys, just because they got the T-shirt on, just because they go to church service, just because they say they're a Christian, that doesn't mean they necessarily are. And that's not just for sheep. It's also for shepherds. That's what Jesus is saying right here. But these guys, they worm and squirm their way into the church. Paul the Apostle also writes about this in Galatians chapter 2, in verse 4. When these guys came in from Jerusalem, they were telling them, hey, you can't be Christians until you first become Jews. You can't become Christians unless you're first circumcised, right? And so Paul writes about this in Galatians 2 and verse 4. This occurred, this whole argument, because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. And so... I will say this, that false teachers will try to lead you astray. And and one of the ways that they might try to lead you astray is through rules and regulations, through personal convictions. They might come and they might say, hey, Manny, I heard you. I heard you and Shelly listened to a song by Tierra the other day. (laughs) And I didn't find that in my Christian library, you know, and. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We like that song. It's a love song, whatever, you know? And sometimes you got people and they got to, oh, you can't listen to sec- any secular music. And don't get me wrong. I know there's some bad. I just, to me, I listen to the words and stuff. But, you know, they want to take away your liberty. And they'll just do all these, well, you got to do things our way. And then, you know, all these rules and regulations. And before you know it, it becomes such a, a burden. Oh, I can't believe, you know, you watch you know, basketball, you know those guys, you know their political stance, and I'm sorry, I just can't help it for whatever reason. You know, the, it's a guy thing, huh, for, for whatever. I don't know, I, I watch the Lakers, and I get disappointed, but still, you know, <laughs> things happen. All, all I know is that legalistic people, uh, um, they'll come in, and they will come under the radar, and they'll try to misrepresent Christ. This, that's not what Jesus is about. He loves us, and he wants us just to have this love relationship with him. He's our shepherd, and we're his sheep. We all have different personal convictions. Now, what's black and white is black and white, but the personal convictions are between you and the Lord, and we can't impose them on other people. So watch out for false teachers. Watch out for wolves. You know, John Calvin said, No plague is more destructive to the church than when wolves ravage under the garb of shepherds. You know, Jesus warned about them as well in Matthew 7 and verse 15. He said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And I think we have a picture of that one too. You guys have probably seen that, huh? And man, I'm, I'm telling you guys, they look, they look so good and they know like the Christian cliches and they might know their Bibles, man, and whatever. They just look so, 
And, but you know what? Fruit, it can't be manufactured. When it's true fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. When you get to know an individual and they have like that heart of Jesus, that, that, that's, the, that's the fruit I'm, I'm talking about. Not perfect, but you know, you can tell if you get to know them, you start listening a little bit. Are they sincere? Are they genuine? You know, because sometimes they're, they're really dressed up like sheep. And, you know, if you're not, you know, careful, you might be led astray. Jesus said, beware of these false prophets because inwardly they're ravenous wolves. The word ravenous, it means that they're hungry, they're eager for fleshly gratification. And so the Lord in verse 1, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But, he says, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, it's this enters by the door. To me, it's like, okay, God put him there. You know, they went to the front door. And who is he talking about, you guys? Who is the shepherd of the sheep? Who is it? It's Jesus. It's not a man. It's Jesus. Now, we are under shepherds as pastors, but you guys got to know that you are his sheep. I love you guys, but you don't belong to me. You are Jesus' sheep. And that is so important for us to know. And that's all Jesus was trying to tell them here. That's all he was trying to tell these guys. Imagine if they would have just understood that. If they would have just believed that, if they, they would have just received that, they would have been saved and they would have went on to this life where goodness and mercy would follow them all the days of their life. If they would only understand, Jesus is my shepherd. We're going to see in, as we go, Lord willing, next time that he's a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Think about that. And so we read this Jesus, right? And it says in verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, this is an interesting uh, section here. Um, a few things when I, when I was reading it, of course, there's a million things here, but a few things stand out. Um, number one is ownership. Number two is fellowship. And then number three is leadership. And then number one is ownership. You know, you, we belong to him. And it says right here, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and so remember we're talking about the communal sheepfold and so there's multiple flocks here but when he goes in the morning to get his flock he says their name he maybe does a whistle if you go to israel it's interesting the sheep will follow the shepherd all he has to do is do like this funny call or a whistle and they'll come and so you know they 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 come and they follow him because they belong to him he owns them. And did you guys know that? That you are not your own? 
that you were bought at a price that you belong to Jesus. Did you guys know that? That he owns you and he, he, he even names you? Uh, I, I don't know for sure what my name's going to be like in heaven, but the Bible talks about I was going to give us a new name. I mean, he named Abram, Abraham. He named Jacob, Israel. He, you know, changed you know, Saul's name to Paul. He has that right because he owns us, right? And so to me, does that make you feel good? That you are his sheep? That you are a blood-bought, bonafide believer? That you belong to him? I hope it does. I hope it makes you feel good. You know, you're, you're not a stray cat. You know, you are a, a sheep. And, and you belong to your shepherd. And you know what? You're not cheap. I mean, he didn't pay $1,000 for you or $10,000 for you or $100,000 for you or a million dollars for you or a billion dollars for you. He didn't take the stars out of the sky and pay, and pay that for you. No, he paid for you with his blood. He bought you with his life. You belong to him. I belong to him. And there's so much that that means to me it means that I have to, I mean, I want to, I want, I want to live my life for him because he owns me. He owns everything about me. You know, it's kind of funny. Something I'll share with you guys. Uh, I don't know why I share this, but I just, I just feel like I have to because um, who knows, maybe it might help some of you guys. You know, I, I, I like going to the gym because I need to. I have high blood pressure, and I like to run. I just kind of enjoy it. I put on my headphones, and I listen to Christian music um, and theater. I, I listen to that <laughs> while I'm working out. And so anyways, um, but the only thing is when you go to the gym, there's the girls, right? And you're like, okay. So if you see a girl dressed a certain way, you can't help but see her once, and then you're like, no. And then you look away, and then you work out, and you, you, know, you survive. But you know what the Lord showed me the other day is it's so cool is I can take out my contact lenses and I can't, I can't see them. And so <laughs> it's awesome. So I won't even see them once. I won't even see them once. I'm blind. So I'm 20 over 200. I'm halfway blind. And I, I, can, I can see my, my treadmill numbers barely, you know. And then so cool. And you're like, Manny, you're weird. Why would you do that? And the answer is because I'm not my own. These are not my eyes. This is not my life. And you have to be real careful with stuff like that. You know, when there's that understanding of ownership, it, it changes everything. And he says, I call my, my own sheep by name. He knows your name. Think about that. How many people don't know our name? They don't care to know our name or, you know, how many people, you know, they, the Lord knows our tears. Think about that. He keeps every single tear in a bottle. One day, who knows, maybe he'll show them to us because he's aware of every pain, every hurt, every hair, every thought. You know, when you read Psalm 139, they have this Hebrew, uh, it's called merisms. And he knows when you sit, he knows when you stand. And what that means in Hebrew poetry is he knows, he knows everything in between. And it says that you can take the wings of the morning, you can travel the speed of light. The wings of the morning is 186,000 miles per second. You can try to run that fast and you cannot escape his loving presence. That's how much God loves us. So this whole concept of ownership is so beautiful and it should then lead to the second thing, which is fellowship. We have this relationship but, but then it leads to fellowship, and it should lead to fellowship. And what Jesus says here 
is my sheep know my voice. Think about that. You know, and, and what ends up happening in life, and to me it's very, 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 very simple, is God's giving me his Bible. This is the one that's black and white, is loud and clear. And so I have spent my whole Christian life just trying to, to understand this. You know, and it's not easy sometimes, but if you, you know, ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit, you're in the book of Leviticus and you get your socks blessed, man. You I mean, you name it. And, and you want to know his voice. And then what ends up happening is you just live your life actually just listening to him. And sometimes I find myself in difficult situations. And Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Lord, I don't, I'm a struggling right now, God. I'm struggling. And then the Lord just stops me in my tracks and he says, let's talk. And I could be standing somewhere just there. And for a moment I say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, and, and when you pray, you know, and there's, you're talking. And then he's talking. And you know it's God. And God speaks to you. And I'm not saying weird, but he puts things on your heart. And he tells you little things. And you know his voice because you're his sheep. Right? I mean, think about that. Now, it's in something interesting here. It says that we won't listen to the voice of a stranger. It says if a stranger comes in and tries to get those sheep, they're not going to follow him because true Christians won't listen to the voice of strangers. And that's an interesting thing here because to me, again, as a pastor, sometimes you, you worry about people, you're concerned about people. The, the whole pandemic, it changed a lot of things. A lot of people are going from church to church and they're going all over the place. You know, it, just something about it happened. And the next thing you know, they're watching all these people online and stuff. And so I will admit that there's a part of me that just like, Lord, I hope they're okay. And then I read a verse like this and the Lord says they're going to be okay because they won't listen to a stranger if they're my sheep. You know, they're going to eventually know. Now, the Bible does say, all we like sheep have gone astray. So it might go for a season or, you know, you might, you know, get a little legalistic, but hopefully eventually you come back to where you belong. But his sheep, we do hear his voice. You know, here I am today. Think about it. 35 years old. I mean, already, man. (laughs) And I wonder, and I'm like, Lord, how did I, how, I mean, I don't, my life, and I thank God for, for my wife, and I thank God for my children, you know, and things going on with my extended family now, and then I get to be a part of the ministry, and, you know, you just look at your life as it's unfolded, and, and you wonder, well, how did you end up there? How did you end up where you are? And the answer is because of ownership, because of fellowship, which has brought you to this place where Jesus has been responsible for the leadership in your life. All you, all I've ever wanted to do is follow him. That's all. You should ever want to do is follow him. 
And that's what he says he would do right here. Again, verse 3, to him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and does what? And leads them. He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the, the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And that's the promise that God has for us as his sheep. You know, I don't know how it works, you guys, and I don't want to oversimplify it, and I don't want to lie to you, and I don't want to say things that might not be true. You know, because there is this debate in the church, like if you're a Christian, can you like one day not be a Christian? Can you lose your salvation? Can you fall away? They have these conversations like this because this is kind of what he's talking about. And in one sense, he's like giving a warning, but then in another sense, he's giving that aspect of security. When you read the whole Bible, it's a difficult thing to, to process and really to pinpoint. But, but I would just say to you, just, you know, be careful. I would say um, abide in Christ because when I read my Bible, it seems like some people can walk away. They used to, they used to go to church. They used to serve. I remember this one guy, he was a head usher. He was the head leader of the ushers, but he left his family and then he got in a car accident and died. So, so he left his family. He's in, in the middle of all that sexual sin. And some will say, well, he's in heaven. Others will say, no, he's not because he doesn't have any fruit. I don't know. All I know is that I think you gotta, you know, you got to find that security and at the same time, you know, find that balance of understanding, you know, where you are. Sometimes we go and then sometimes we come back. I remember one time I got my truck uh, stolen, never got it back. I got another truck broken into and they came in. They brought all the, took all the stuff out, hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. I filed a police report and, you know, a few hours later, I guess they found the guys that broke into my truck. I got it all back. Sometimes these thieves might take someone for a while, but then they come back. Isn't that cool? All, all I know is that for us, looking at this right here, it, it brings me comfort just to know that we belong to him, that you belong to him, but we, at the same time, we have to have that heart that we, were, we would not be led astray. In the end, uh, Jesus it says in verse 6, use this illustration but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. What do you mean they didn't understand? I mean, this would be like me talking to, you know, a Texan about the cowboys or talking to a Californian about surfers or talking to an American about whatever, hot dogs and apple pie and Chevrolet. I mean, they wouldn't understand this. What do you mean they don't understand and you know what the answer is? They didn't get it that he's trying to tell them about Jesus, who he is. Listen, I'm, I'm the shepherd. I'm the shepherd. And in this place, those religious leaders were not real, and some of those sheep are not real, but the real ones, like the blind man, well, they're going to end up in the right place. And for us, it's a comforting thing. You, you know if you know the Lord, huh? You guys know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys, you just know that relationship that we have with God? 
And I just thank him for that. I want to close in Psalm 23. If it's all right, if you could turn there and we'll close with this passage. I was thinking of one of the little girls who knows this by heart. I thought, man, it wouldn't have been cool for her just to come up and share it. But Psalm 23, it's a Psalm of David who was an amazing shepherd himself, under shepherd. And he said, here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and it's interesting, because wait a minute, you're like, wait a minute, time out. There are plenty of things that I want. And, and God is just saying, well, be careful with that, because I, I'll give you everything you need, and every, you won't lack anything. So when the Lord is your shepherd, there's no, there's no want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And with that, you could never make a sheep lie down unless it felt safe. And so when the Lord is your shepherd, you feel safe. You're good. You're secure. And you just, he lied, I lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And you're like, wait a minute. I, my life is not a still water right now, Manny. My life is a storm. But, but with the Lord, you're in the perfect place. See? The Lord leads us, he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his glory, for his name's sake, wherever God leads you. And like I was telling you about the guy who's now a chief of police or that one over there is a politician, that one over there, you know, the different aspects, he's going to lead us for his name's sake, for his glory, you know, to, to do the right thing. Uh, yea, he says in verse four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, when I was reading that, I was thinking, Lord, even the death that surrounds us, uh, sometimes we see it, unfortunately, because we live in this broken world of others. And sometimes, you know, we're going to be there one day. We might be there in that valley of the shadow of death. He says, even if I'm there, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, why do they comfort you? What was the rod for? To beat up the bad guys. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> What's the staff for? The staff is to guide me. The staff at sometimes is used to discipline me, right? And so thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. Look at this. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. When? All the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever.